Welcome to the Smith and Steward podcast. I'm Mrs. Smith, but you can call me Ellie, and my mission is to strengthen fellow homemakers as we faithfully steward our homes and the souls inside them. Here, we'll seek inspiration for everyday moments and answers to your questions about all things homemaking, including interior decorating, gardening, cooking and baking, tidying up, and much more. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Let's get started. Hello again, friends. I'm so glad to have you back with me again today, addressing yet another very practical topic, cleaning. It's not something that's usually that fun to do if we're honest with ourselves, at least for most of us, but I do think that this is something every home needs. A clean home has been proven to link to a healthier mental state or at least decreased levels of stress, especially in women, Uh, and it can allow you to utilize your gift of hospitality if that's something that you're blessed with. You can do it more frequently and more easily when your home is kept clean. And it also demonstrates the concept of stewardship to your children and so much more. But let's be honest, cleaning is sometimes hard on top of not being all that fun. I know when there's too much on my plate and I struggle to get my home as clean as I want, I really get built up with these feelings of shame and inadequacy, and that's something I really want to help each of you to avoid as we join together on this homemaking journey. So I'm here with some practical tips and hopefully some helpful systems that I've learned along the way. These things really help to make it easier for me to keep my home clean, and I hope they'll help you to keep your home at the level of clean that you want it to be. Last week's episode was about home decor, and it seems like an obvious statement to say that no home will be decorated the same. They're all different, but the same can be said for a clean home. No homemaker has the same personality, the same techniques, and so on. Every one of us will do this differently. Some of us will be the only one in our home who does the housework. Some will have the partnership of a husband. Some will be teaching our kids how to do these chores. And some might hire outside help too, which is totally great. We may also each have different desires of how clean we want our home to be. Maybe you're the person who needs those baseboards to be dusted weekly. Me, I think that's a little excessive. At least right now, I focus more on just the basic sanitary and visual cleanliness. Things like the dishes, the laundry, bathrooms, and floors. But even if you're a clean freak, and no judgment here if you are, because I have been at times and I grew up with a dad who is one, it's important to manage your expectations. And remember, your home is never going to be 100% clean 100% of the time. It's not meant to be that way. One of my mom's favorite verses to share with my clean freak dad when we were growing up was Proverbs 14.4, which says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. And even if you're not a Christian, this is still a helpful proverb to just keep in mind. It's basically saying, yes, you and your kids and your husband are going to make a mess in your house. In fact, that's pretty much guaranteed. They're going to make a mess, but the value that they bring to your life is worth that mess. Sure, you will have to clean your home regularly, but it's better than keeping plastic coverings on your couch and shutting up your nice china in the attic. Live your life, embrace the mess, and then clean it up. 
There's so much more that I could say about why it's important to keep a clean home and to manage your expectations of its cleanliness at the same time. But if we just remember stewardship, that the home you live in, whether it's rented or owned, whether it's shared or you live there in solitude, it's a place you are tasked with taking care of. Part of keeping it well is keeping it clean. Knowing what stuff you have, where it goes, knowing if that stuff needs mending or oiling or wiping down with a damp cloth. All that said, it is time to get into how we can keep our homes clean. If I'm honest, sometimes this is a struggle still for me. And if I fall behind, I can begin to feel that shame and anxiety and even start to think of myself as unworthy or unhelpful. But the best thing I ever did for my cleaning was to develop a routine. Now, just like you will change over time, your routine should change and shift over time. But it is important to develop one that's going to allow you to take that hard thought work out of cleaning your house. If you have to think every single time that you put on your apron, okay, what needs doing today? Where do I start? You're constantly going to be overwhelmed. So I have three helpful ideas that can allow you to put those questions on autopilot so that all you have to do is follow a list and get it done. The first method is called the two-hour home reset. I found this idea from a YouTuber that I love named Callie Bransifort. Her channel is But First Coffee, and I'll link the video where she describes this method in full detail in the description below. This is not meant to be a regular way to maintain your home, but more of a my life is crazy and my kids just absolutely wrecked my house and I need to get it back to normal method. It's meant to bring your home from any level of mess back to its base level of clean. There are eight steps and the first three have the biggest impact. So if you don't have a full two hours, which of course it may take you longer or shorter than that to do this, depending on the size of your house and the magnitude of your mess, then you can still do these big three and get it feeling much more back to normal in a shorter span of time. So first is focus on trash. Go around your house with a garbage bag or a bucket and pick up every single piece of trash that you can find. Get it out from under the kid's bed, off the kitchen table, and even empty the garbage pails too. Pick it all up and get it out of there. Second, move the big items back to where they belong. Now, if you're like me and you don't have kids who are moving your furniture around to build a fort or something, you might be thinking, what the heck? Why is this a step? But for some messes, this is a necessary thing to fix. Also, if you have a massive box from a package that came in or something, that can be put away in this step too. It's basically just getting all the big stuff back where it needs to go. Third, and this is the last part of the big three, and probably the one that has the most impact overall, go room by room and clear off your flat surfaces. Now, notice I didn't say clean them. You're not wiping anything down yet. We'll get to that later, but you're taking everything off a flat surface that doesn't belong there. This includes the floor too. More than likely, you'll find some things in one room that belong in a different one. And so in my case, my distracted brain would go room to room to room to room to room and get very lost and confused and distracted. So if you're like me, don't do that. Just take a bag with you. Um, this bag is also helpful to put anything that doesn't belong, not only in that room so you can bring it to another room in a second when you go there, but anything that doesn't have a home at all. Uh, if it doesn't and you don't know where to put it, let it wait, keep it in the bag. We'll come back to that in step eight. 
Another note for this step, you're not doing any dishes or laundry yet. If you come across dirty dishes, put them in the sink, dirty clothes, put them in the laundry basket. We'll get to those shortly. At this point, your house should be looking much better. It's tidy, but it's not clean yet. And if you have more time, you can keep going. Step four is now you'll do those dishes. If there's anything in the dishwasher that's clean, put it up. If it's sitting out to dry, dry it and put it away. Dishes in the sink will get put in the dishwasher and you can start a cycle if it's ready to go. Also, this is my favorite tip, shine your sink. Take those few extra seconds to wipe it down with soap and a scrubber, rinse it out, and that makes it feel so much cleaner and nicer. Honestly, it's like a little reward. Fifth, you're gonna do the laundry. Now, obviously laundry takes a long time because you have to wait for the machine to do its thing, but at this point, you're just gonna do the next step in your laundry routine. So start a cycle with those dirty things that you put in the hamper or just move the wash laundry to the dryer and start that cycle, or you're gonna fold those things that are dry and put them away. Step six, make your bed. If you haven't washed your sheets recently, now might be a great time to swap them out for clean ones. Now, Callie recommends keeping a second set of sheets on hand for each bed. And y'all, I cannot recommend this to you enough. Yes, it means you'll have more inventory on hand to manage in your linen closet, but honestly, I think it's so worth it. When it's time for me to wash the sheets, I take the old ones off the bed and I immediately put new fresh ones on and make the bed back up. Now, you might know that making your bed is like 70% or more of visually how clean your bedroom looks. So for those of you who are like me and get stressed when things look untidy, this allows you to put it back together so much quicker. Plus, you don't have the pressure of having to make sure it's all washed and all dry and put back on the bed before you're tired that evening. So having that second set of sheets has eased a lot of stress for me, and I also recommend it. Now, in step seven, you're going to clean your flat surfaces. Earlier, we cleared them off of any clutter, but now is the time where you're going to wipe them down. So remember, this includes the floors, but be sure to do those last because working from top to bottom in each room, because gravity is a thing, will allow if you have crumbs that they'll fall to the floor. And I sure hope that you didn't already vacuum when they do. Finally, in step eight, we're going to take care of that random bag or basket that you brought around in the house with you in the third step. Put anything away in its proper place, and if it doesn't have a home, make one. Some of these things might require that you start an organization project that's going to be a bit bigger and take a little bit more time, so you might just have to schedule time on your calendar to do that, but just make sure they don't sit forever in a junk drawer or in this junk bag. Make a plan to put them someplace where you can actually use them. They are not going to get used just sitting in the junk bag. Whew. All right. So that was eight steps to get you back to your base level of clean. I think this process is so helpful for those times that you feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. But after you get here, how do you maintain a clean home? How do you regularly keep up with those things that have to be sanitized and dusted? We didn't do any of that in that home reset. So my biggest tip for this is to have a routine. Again, that's the emphasis for this whole episode. Make it something that you can maintain by having it be a rhythm that's kind of, again, on autopilot. For me right now, I just do the basics. So I'm still getting settled into my new house. I'm figuring out when I can disperse the cleaning tasks throughout my work week. And as someone who works full-time, even though I'm working from home, it can sometimes be difficult to make room for those cleaning tasks. But by having them be regular and weekly and pre-scheduled into my day, it's a lot easier to get them done. 
I don't have to think about what to do that day. I don't have one huge chore list to do on a weekend. I can go little by little. Now, when I was a kid, my sisters and I had to do chores on Saturday mornings. We had this list that we would rotate through so no one got stuck with the worst chores forever, but it always had to be fully completed before we could do anything fun on a Saturday. So I always had to decide, am I going to sleep in and have to do chores pretty much the rest of the day, or am I going to wake up early, even though this is my only day of the week to sleep in, and that way I'll have more time to do fun things in the afternoon. I much prefer, as an adult, being able to split everything up now so that my weekends are free from chore responsibilities and they get kept up with throughout the week instead. Right now, I focus on five main chores for those five days of the working week. On Mondays, I try to clean the bathrooms, and I only have two bathrooms, so that's not very difficult to do, thankfully. On Tuesdays, I try to do the dusting. Wednesdays, I clean the kitchen, and this is more of like a deep clean like it would be in the bathrooms. Thursdays, I vacuum, and Fridays, I mop. If I miss a day, it's easy to add that chore to another weekday and still get it done, or if I need to skip it, It was already done the week ago, so it's not like it's the end of the world to go another few days without. Now, there's also a list of things that I do daily, no matter which of those five big chores I have to do that day. I try to run a load of laundry, and yes, it surprises me that I have enough laundry to do this when I don't have any kids, but between workout clothes and towels and sheets, I usually do laundry four of the five weekdays at least, so I always try to start a load of laundry in the morning. I also will try to always clean the dishes and shine my sink before I go to bed so that when I wake up and I'm making my husband's lunch in the morning, I don't have this huge pile of dirty dishes staring me in the face waiting for me to do them. It's a much nicer start to my day. I also try, although I'm still not great at doing this one daily, to sweep the floors. It's so easy for the hardwood floors that we have, especially in like a kitchen area or anywhere that you're eating, to get dirty every single day. So that's a good one to try to do every day if you can too. And that's my basic week. So there's still things that are left undone in terms of cleaning my house um, that aren't on that list. And I used to think, okay, well, I'll just tackle those in spring cleaning once a year. There are things that can be done once a year or maybe twice a year. I've heard of this great idea doing a second spring cleaning around Thanksgiving before you have any guests come over. And uh, those times, whether it's the one or the two, would be when I would vacuum my curtains and get the dust off of them. I would steam clean the carpets if I need to, or maybe empty out the drawers and the cabinets and wipe them down. All that stuff that doesn't seem like it needs to be done very often, but it needs to be done at some point because (laughs) otherwise you're going to have all these crumbs that you didn't even know about that are sitting in your cabinets. And that's kind of icky. Now, I know this because when my husband and I moved into our house at the end of May, we had so much cleaning to do before we moved in, and I was determined in that time, okay, I'm going to be doing spring cleaning from here on out at least once a year. I had never done it before, but I always would let it slide by because most of the time, especially in college, I moved pretty much every year, so it didn't ever affect me. I was probably not there at spring cleaning or I was just moving in. So that was when I did my quote unquote spring cleaning was deep cleaning before I moved in. Uh, But we lived in the apartment that we were in for two years. That was probably the longest time that I really had in an apartment was about two years. When I was moving out and into this house and was cleaning that old apartment, I realized how much stuff built up that really needed to be cleaned that if we weren't moving, I wouldn't have known to do. And I was absolutely blown away and was like, yep, 
I'm doing spring cleaning every single year. This has to get done. But at the same time, I've been so intimidated by how much effort and time that would take to actually do spring cleaning, especially since I've never done it and I don't know where to start. I felt like I was going to have to dedicate at least a full weekend to do that or even multiple weekends. And even then, I wasn't sure if I would be able to get it all done of all the details that I wanted to clean, like the baseboards or the crown molding or whatever. But the good news is, y'all, I found a trick for this too. It's a way that's going to allow me to get all these types of detail cleaning stuff done more often than twice a year, in fact, and it's going to be spread out over a longer period of time and also without having to think so on autopilot. If you've ever heard of the fly lady, her method is really popular in online circles of homemakers, declutterers, and cleaning masters. She's got a morning, afternoon, and evening routine suggestions for you to do, sort of similar to what I just went through of my own a second ago, but it's her zone cleanings that I'm really excited to try out. It seems sort of like a complicated system if you just read her website because she has so much information on it and it's all timed to when she's going through it at the time. You can kind of keep up with her and get motivational messages and everything, but that seems like a lot for me personally. I just want a method that I can stick to and take the hard thinking out and she has got us covered there, friends. She set up five different zones supposed to correspond with the week of the month, but honestly, you can modify this to have more zones depending how big your house is and go through them in order instead of corresponding to the week of the month. She puts different areas of the house together in these zones. So you might have the kitchen and the dining room together or the master bedroom, bathroom, and the closet are all three together in one zone. And she has specific tasks to get those really detailed things that you might otherwise forget to tackle. So for example, I'm going to read some of the things that she has for the front porch, um, which is in one of the zones. So sweep off the porch furniture, sweep the porch, sweep down the cobwebs and spiderwebs from the summer um, or from whenever, and throw away any dead plants, prune back unruly bushes, repot planters, refill bird feeders, wipe off tables or banisters, wipe off the light fixtures. There's a lot of things that like, I'm not going to put that in my regular routine. That's a lot to do. So she has it set up so that you can go through it at your own pace. Um, she recommends doing some of these zones for only 15 minutes a day on weekdays. And if you don't get through everything, when it comes around the next month to be that zone again, you just pick up where you left off. So it's not a super urgent thing. And you go, like I said, at your own pace. And that super helpful because you can stay on top of it, but it's not overwhelming you and stressing you out. Okay. So I literally just started using this method, so I don't want to explain it in error. Plus there's a lot that I have yet to learn about it. So I'm not going to go into any further detail. I'll just link a couple of YouTube videos about it in the description. So the first one is from a homemaker that I watch called Faith and Flower. She does a fantastic content about traditional homemaking that I find so encouraging. And the second video is from The Secret Slob, which was recommended by the Art of Homemaking podcast host Nessa Black on her Instagram. So that's how I found that one. And I'll link both of those. They're both really helpful in kind of explaining uh, exactly how the system works and how it might be modified as well. There's also a Fly Lady app, which I've started to utilize, and I think that is a fantastic tool so that, again, you don't have to think about everything too much. You can kind of put it on autopilot, just check things off as you do them, maybe enjoying a favorite podcast or a music playlist as you go. 
I don't know about y'all, but that is such an easy way to make cleaning relaxing and easy for me. It can be gross and not fun to do those cleaning chores, but while you're listening to something you love and focusing on the end result, which is so satisfyingly clean, I think cleaning can be really enjoyable. All these tips and routines are meant to make cleaning less stressful for you. So I hope that in your homemaking, you're able to embrace the good parts of a cleaning routine, falling into a rhythm that really blesses your home. The work that you're doing by tackling these tasks, dear homemakers, is truly a gift that you're giving to your family. You're stewarding your home well and blessing your husband, your children, your guests, whoever it is that enjoys this space. But remember too, you're also blessing yourself. Future you is going to be so grateful that you did those dishes last night, that you went ahead and started that load of laundry or whatever it is that you did. And it won't take as long as you think to get done either. Enjoy it, do it well, and don't forget your why, friends. True stewardship is an act of love. Now it is time for Steward Sparkers, the part of the show where I share recipes, books, influencers, products, whatever it is that has sparked inspiration for me as a homemaker this week. This week's Steward Sparker is a little different. I do want to recommend a um, influencer, I guess you could say to y'all, but my first thing, what is actually really maybe not inspired me, but really helped me when it comes to doing cleaning is rubber gloves. I know, super simple, maybe kind of stupid to include as a steward sparker, but let me tell y'all, when I used to not use rubber gloves specifically in my kitchen sink when doing the dishes, it was so hard to actually get that stuff done. I did not want to do it. All the food was yucky. Even if I just made it, oh, gross. Didn't want to touch it with my hands. And when I started using rubber gloves, it's so much easier. I put them on. I'm ready to go. I know I'm in work mode. I'm in dish mode. I'm, I also use them for my bathroom cleaning. So I'm in bathroom cleaning mode, whatever I do. I should note use two different sets of, um, cleaning gloves. So there's one for the kitchen and one for the bathroom. Don't cross contaminate. But anyways, I think it's a really great thing to help save the health of your hands on your skin and, you know, moisturizing and, Soap can dry them out. Chemicals can dry them out. So it's healthy for your hands, but it's also just mentally really helped me a lot. So I wanted to mention that, but I didn't want to skimp out on y'all and just say rubber gloves by themselves for my Stuart Sparker this week. So my other Stuart Sparker for you this week is Dawn the Minimal Mom. You might have heard of her from her YouTube channel. Um, This is someone that I've been following for a really long time, and I'm absolutely so inspired and encouraged by her content. It is always uplifting. It is always practical, and she always hits the nose on the head with what we really need help with. Um, But Dawn has great tips for decluttering. And I know that that's not exactly what we're talking about on today's episode. And I do usually try to have a Stuart Sparker be relevant to the topic of the episode. But this one really is relevant because as I have heard said, you can't clean clutter. How are you supposed to sanitize stuff and, you know, get it all clean when you have a bunch of junk everywhere? And hopefully you don't have a bunch of junk in your house. Um, But it's really easy for us to let things accumulate that we don't actually use. So Dawn and her whole channel, The Minimal Mom, has so much helpful advice. Um, She is a minimalist, so and that's not me. That's not something that I necessarily want to do, but there's a lot of her tactics that are really applicable, even if you don't want to adopt minimalism entirely. I love her laundry system, um, so check that out. I might specifically link that video below as well, but I'll link her channel. I'll try to link her Instagram. She's a great one to follow for some cleaning inspiration and just 
tidying inspiration and decluttering too. So all of that is super interconnected and I hope that it is helpful for y'all. And with that, friends, it's time to close today's episode. Thank you for joining me for this chapter of the Smith & Steward podcast. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which has the largest listener base, or on your favorite podcatcher app. If there was a resource we discussed today that you'd like to learn more about, check out the show notes in the details section of this episode. And until next time, keep up with us by following us on Instagram at Smith & Steward. See you soon.